Hey folks, this is Anatoly, and you're listening to the Solana No Sharding Podcast. And today I have an awesome guest with me. It's Sam Bankman-Fried, who's the CEO of FTX and the co-founder of the Serum Project. Um, awesome to have you here. Thanks for having me. Cool. So like, um, I I had like a couple conversations with you, you know, over the past couple of weeks, and you struck me as somebody that has like deep, intense understanding of finance, but not just like finance, now like crypto finance. Like you somehow like yep. rapidly bridged everything you know about finance and understand the crypto side of it as well. Um, and it's kind of fascinating because I think this is where like a transformative play thing is going to happen in the world, right? And when these two things meet. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I think there are some ways in which crypto is like finance on easy mode. And there's some ways in which it's on hard mode. And the, the easy mode is sort of the things you think of as hard in finance are sometimes easy in crypto. It's like, how do you find a good trade? You know, in sort of like quant finance, you do a bunch of complicated stuff. Sometimes in, in crypto, you're like, well, I don't know. That's Coinbase. That's Bitstamp. Those aren't the same price. There's a trade. Yeah. You, you know, so it's, <laughs> um, uh, and I, well, that's sort of a glib example. But, but there's actually a bunch of examples where it's like sort of, you know, the uh, uh, finding a trade is sort of not, not the hard part. Uh, the, the hard part is then you're like, oh, God, actually, they just shut down my pen account on the Coinbase leg. So I can't get the money out of Bitstamp now. Um, and and uh, this is this is like a pretty common common problem for anyone who's tried to, to, you know, do crypto is that nothing works sort of, you know, uh, not, nothing works the way you think it, it might. And if you actually want to do a trade, there's, there's sort of all this weird sort of uh, really scope sensitive knowledge that you have to build out about you know oh no like definitely don't bother going there like looking at those numbers i'm pretty sure they're faking them or you, you know stuff like that and so well, you've yeah seen, it, like the, the volume charts right like uh system coin is like 10 billion <laughs> in volume right. or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah no i it's sort of like this slow ramp up and like you know fake volume kind of started off like very low and then it started getting you know trickling higher and higher and higher and, and at some point someone just had the realization like wait, why am I writing, why, like, this is, why don't I just put down infinity? Like, why yeah. am I, why am I taking around like $200 million of fake volume and literally just make it 12 billion? It's just as easy. And, and that sort of opened up the new dawn of, of, of fake shit in crypto, where people realize, like, if you're going to fake something, you might as well go big. And it's, it's all fake money anyway. So, <laughs> you, you know, um, uh, but, but, uh, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's been sort of fun over the last few years. Uh, just getting to take a deep dive into fucked up shit in crypto and uh, and figure out how to route around that so you can do the, the obvious cool stuff. Do you do you still think it's like I I almost believe it's still fake, but there's like the solution that I think that USDT created that <laughs> hilariously ah, like yeah that that it was an illusion in my mind right like but somehow that illusion stuck and all of a sudden it became real money. Right. So what's going on with USD? No, it's, it, it's a super interesting question. Obviously, it's something that a lot of people have spent a lot of time thinking about. Um, and, I, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, anyone you ask, you know, ask more people, just get more opinions on it. Um, and it's, I think it's sort of one of these interesting things where, like, there's just, like, I don't even know the sign of the correlation between people expressing opinions and people having information. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I think it's probably negative. I mean, it's sort of if you know the answer, like, you know, it's. I don't, I don't know, but um, I think that's always been sort of one of the most persistently uh, misunderstood and sort of fucked up areas of crypto. And uh, I think that that has been getting less true over time, although it is still quite true. But 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 I, I think that people actually understand it uh, better than they used to. And and I think the key thing that happened was not that people sort of like got smarter or that like, you know, knew, uh, you know, something really interesting happened. I think... If you had to say, like, what's the biggest thing that's happened last year in Tether? I think something kind of moderately sized has happened, but it's sort of a weird thing. I think the thing that's happened is that it's been another year and it still hasn't gone under. And I think yeah. that, like, every year that that's the case, every year that, like, all right, there's another calendar year and Tether still, I don't know, ha haven't heard about it going under yet. No one's complained. Um, it's sort of like, I don't know, it starts to, like, put a little bit of a hole in this, like, you know, this notion of, like, you know, it, it's a total pawn it's not clear what it means for it to be a total pawn it's, it's sort of but you know it, it sort of narrows down a little bit the scope of what could be true uh because a lot of things that could be true actually would have like implied with decently high probability that it would be uh you know that 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 would be no more well like i, I think 
What's interesting about it is that like it parallels the story of Bitcoin is that like Bitcoin's a joke, but then because of the clever mechanics around proof of work, it has this like weird anti-fragility, right? That just somehow keeps on going, right? And like it, it's right. stuck. And and that's that's sort of one explanation you could have. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's 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 a token. Token some some tokens trade at high prices. This is one of them. Or high high valuations. Um, I, that that doesn't turn out to be the answer here, but it, it, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell from looking from the outside. You know, like who the fuck knows what's going on there. Is is my understanding of if if like what's what I kind of find fascinating about a tether is that like I think it's backed by mostly Bitcoin, and it's mostly used to buy Bitcoin. So it is right. kind of like a kind of like a. Uh, an untrusted to die right <laughs> but in some ways like way scaled way much way way higher right i think i don't know what what is it like what's the volume of tether right now like seven billion or something absurd yeah that that's a, i mean it's, it's like 80 percent of spot volume or something uh it's no i mean whatever it's it's been huge obviously for markets and it's and i think like here's sort of one interesting thing is you ask whatever well, everyone will give you their opinion you ask sort of like a a, a you know, a, a, a sort of tether skeptic, like what, what's other, you know, tell me about why tether is so bad. And they're like, it's, it, it's the biggest fucking fundamental risk to the space. Like it's, you know, it's a scam going to take us all down. Like this is the correlated risk. And I think you ask, like, I think usually not many people would say this, but, but, but a few people would in particular, like, I think sort of a lot of the people involved in, in tether would, and probably a few people close to them. Um, and I, uh, you know, would say something like, so one way to think about tether is that for, Five fucking years, all of the exchanges didn't bother to get bank accounts because it was hard. And we did. We we're the only ones who did. And we minted dollars on it, or, or tokens on it for free, so that y'all could use them and gave you a shit ton of volume in business. And the only reason you have an exchange is because of us, you ungrateful little fucks. And, <laughs> you know, we, we went through the trials and tribulations of supporting the most toxic bank, banking problem in the world for the entire ecosystem. And letting y'all build billion dollar businesses, and this is how you repay us. Uh, and, and I think that's that's sort of like, you know, I, I think certainly like some uh, some sort of uh, tether apologists, maybe uh, uh, you, you could say would uh, you know would would sort of phrase it that way uh, and say something like, look, like have you tried to get a bank account in crypto? It's fucking hard. Have you tried saying also I'm an exchange and I have customers and 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 it's going to be their funds? It's it's fucking harder. Um, and uh, you know they they sort of are doing this for literally the entire ecosystem, and and so I think that's like, you know, you sort of have these two sides that are they're not just disagreeing on like a fact. I mean, they are sort of just disagreeing on a fact, but 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 it gets pretty heated because they they actually like kind of both care, and 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 they and they have this like very different valence going in where one is very very anti, it and, and then the other is sort of like already aggrieved, like you know, we've sort of like I'm I'm still waiting for you to say thank you, um, and, and so. Anyway, I think it's, you know, that, that certainly adds to divide there, just, you know, the sort of really vast difference um, between, you, you know, but, but between like different people's visions for, for it. And, um, and I think it sort of like goes a little way to explaining why, you know, sort of, sort of why, why, you know, no one can, can sort of get along with each other on this. <laughs> um, I think like the, fa the fact that you mentioned that like the stories that like it didn't go, it just didn't fall over is... Like to me, like the the main kind of like kind of weird thing about crypto is that like over time we have a bajillion experiments and a few of them succeed, um, and like Tether's one of those that succeeded, and I think a bunch of stuff died, and there's like a bunch of weird stable coins that are still around, but like in and of itself, it wasn't a complicated technology. <laughs> it was literally like an ERC twenty and a bank account, right? And right, which is sort of a, a really fucking powerful comp combination. Although it's also like the most obvious product in the world, right? Yeah, in like the nineties internet, this was like Hotmail. They put like email with a website and like yeah, that blew exactly. Up, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think this actually says something cool about ERC twenties and about dollars, which is like the most obvious and important product in the ecosystem is the trivial combination of these two products. And, and that says some says a lot about how flexible those products are. And I think that says a lot about what ERC 20s and, and sort of you know, tokenization in, in general have done for the space is super flexible. Like they're, they're an amazing building block. Um, and uh, it, it's interesting. So actually, 
I think this, this I, I've sort of faded from having this reputation. Uh, a, a year and a half ago, I actually had a reputation in the Tether Wars. I, I was sort of like a known partisan. I, I, th I think this is like, I think that that's sort, of, that's sort of like less thought of me generally publicly now. Um, and I think it's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like, like, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if like you, you, you know, like what, what you know, where I fall on this. Um, but, but I think there's a time when it's like literally the only thing that was known about me publicly. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually aware that there, that there even were tether wars. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, they're fucking brutal. I mean, it's, you know, this was, this was, it's died down, but there's this, this account Bitfinex on Twitter, um, which was sort of the like Bitfinex and tether are a scam Twitter account. Um, and it was sort of like, you know, this, this giant weird drama going on for, for, for a while in crypto and, uh, but, but also for a while, it, I mean, I think still like though, though to a lesser extent, but for a while, like tether is really a flashpoint. Like if you want to sort of like split people into categories, say, what do you think of tether? You split them into two categories and you got like two pretty well grouped categories uh, amongst a bunch of dimensions and they really cared and didn't see eye to eye on this. And there's like completely disjointed trading, like giant arbitrages between these two groups of people who they refuse to trade with each other. And 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 the really cool thing is like that's so brilliant. <laughs> you've, you've got these Americans who are like, "Fuck no, I'm not touching tether. It's a fucking scam." And and then you've got these, uh, you know, primarily Chinese, but sort of in, in general Asia and sort of more generally just the rest of the world, who are often saying like, "Fuck no, I'm not going to touch a bank account. Like it's it's toxic as shit. Like just give me a fucking tether. Like that that's what I'm not scared of." And so you get this weird thing where like half the people won't touch dollars, half of them won't touch tethers. And so, you know, and you just get like divergences between like Coinbase and Binance because, you know, there aren't the same people on, you know, trusting, trusting both those. But that is, oh man, that's an interesting observation. Just now, now we have trust arbitrage. And yeah, um, absolutely. It, it seems like that should actually permeate like all of the technology stacks as well, right? We're like, we're going to have different yeah. trust assumptions about proof of stake and proof of work systems. Even if oh, the yeah. same exact same thing is running on both. So, I, I sort of, I I, 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 like, I definitely agree. But I think it's worth keeping something in mind, which is like, who matters for, 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 you know, what how big an arbitrage is, right? And it, I, I think it's like actually not really the people who feel most strongly about about proof of stake versus proof of work. Um, those are people who are building a lot of their products, which is like a, a really fucking, you know, important step. Um, but but sort of the step which determines whether they they trade in line. I, you know, it's it's market makers more than anything else, right? It's like you know, are they the same market makers or different market makers, and do they have ways to hedge against each other? And 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 you know, if not, then uh, uh, then then sort of get possible divergence. And um, with tether and dollars, there's there's actually a pretty big split. There are American market makers, there are Chinese market makers, and they themselves didn't trust, you know, by and large the the, the other one. With with proof of stake and proof of work, I think you're, you're going to see a lot of market makers being like more agnostic. And a lot of the money, uh, you know, sort of like trading volumes going to be more agnostic. And so I think that's like, you definitely could see it. Um, and, and you very well might see it if there's interoperability issues. If you end up with like one ecosystem that's trivial to trade within itself and same with the other, but you can't trade them against each other because no one can build, no one builds bridges between them. That, that That's the sort of thing that like yeah, it could totally happen. Well, I mean, exchanges are kind of bridges by definition. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely right. Bridges between assets and you sort of have then assets being bridges between exchanges sort of you know inverting the graph um but uh anyway sort of on on the tether thing it's just super interesting that i i, I guess i would say the following like i would be uh i would certainly be like 95 percent bid for you know dollars in bank account over number of tethers in circulation um probably probably be a fair bit higher than that bid i mean there's some ambiguity there around the edges right there's this i forgot like what for 500 million bucks or whatever which um, is like, I, I don't have updates, but sort of last I, I was following it, it was like maybe kind of in possession of some government. It's unclear. This is sort of the, the frozen crypto capital dollars. Um, and I would sort of guess that outside of that's fully backed. And, and it's sort of weird. I mean, it's like, yeah, it, like there's sort of no way to know from the outside. It's like, yeah, there's, there's not really a lot of external evidence, um, but there's pretty good internal evidence. Like you can redeem it. That, that's sort of like one thing, right? Like, you got a bunch of tether, you can turn it into dollars by by going to the mass and for dollars. Um, it, it, it's a pain compared to USDC. I mean, it doesn't it's not a great exchange network. Um, it, it you know it's not like a, a, a you know thirty second thing. Do people actually want to convert them to dollars? Like to me, like the the fact that it's 
like crypto is like it should cost a premium like a tether should cost more than a dollar and all oh it's a really good question and right sort of interestingly people have very very divergent views on what it, what it should cost and and market conditions do play a role in this and i can tell you right now the market very slightly agrees with you tether is trading nine basis points above a dollar right now but uh it, it fluctuates some and it's pretty responsive to things like interest rates um, you know, you can think of like a, a, a Bitcoin tether margin position as sort of a, a synthetic interest rate product. And so you can sort of back out, you know, a, a guess of what the tether premium would be based on futures premiums or sort of overhang of supply of Bitcoins in the market from miners getting leveraged longer, things like that. And, uh, you know, right now the market's uh, essentially a little weird this rich right now. It doesn't really make sense. But, and it's like kind of fucked up, but whatever. I, I think it should be kind of cheap just because like the market is like the market's trying to get super long right now. So heaven's trying to buy. So but, Why is, is, is this like the, do, do you believe in the su- the supply flow thing that like, big, okay. I, I mean, I think it's something, right? Like, I think that that explains, you know, what, like, I don't know, 5% Bitcoin price movement. I'm totally bullshitting. I made that number up, but but if I had to guess the number, that's sort of the type of number I'd say. So it's not that it's like totally irrelevant, Um, so, but it, it's just like, you know, I, I think it sort of like has been stated as like, you know, yeah, you got these little weird blips, but basically it's S2F and, and I think sort of, it, it really, I think it's the opposite. You know, you've got these like, you know, a little bit of correlation, but like really they're just sort of different things, mostly. Is it like, a, is it enough to like cause like just enough of a snowball? Like, is it still like a mean oh, thing that maybe. people are like? Well, it's, it's, so it's interesting. The snowball effect is, is, is sort of like a claim about momentum, you know? That like things will keep moving in a direction, and, and this claim is often true in crypto. And, and so the reason it's true is because of liquidations more than so than anything else. You know, if there's a bunch of levered shorts that are kind of in danger on Bitmax, and prices run up, they're going to blow out, and then prices are going to run out more. And you sort of, you know, they just keep going up and, and driving themselves up, and and it actually creates some pretty fucked up situations, um, uh, which is pretty weird. But I can you like uh, deconstruct that? Yeah, so um, I, this is like one of the, one of the most powerful and, and probably more toxic effects in crypto, all things considered. Um, so I, you know, let's say that um, I don't know for some reason Bitcoin goes up a little bit. Who knows why? You know, Bob buys some maybe. I don't know. Goes up a percent. Um, and, and let's say that that you were kind of a uh, maybe a, a trader who is uh, like like live to live dangerously, and and because of that you had gotten margin short on Bitmax. Um, you're 100x short, and you had a, a million dollar position on. Well, okay, Bitcoin just ran up a percent, so you're bankrupt, which means you you got liquidated. And when you get liquidated, you're no longer short because you you can't be, you can't have a position. But uh, kind of conservation of positions, someone has to be take that on. So you sort of send it to the market, and you know I don't know, quote, you know whoever takes the position, it's all yours. Um, but I but okay, that's kind of interesting because. Uh, now, now they're so kind of shorter. So, if you take a position, they basically get interest, right? Like, there's like some they get something for it. Maybe it's actually interesting. It's it's sort of less less like trivially like that than you might think. And, and instead, what what I think I would say is like they put out offers, and you know they they put out offers where they want to get filled, and they're you know only going to put it out at a price they're happy with. Um, and so presumably they're they're happy with whatever happens there. So um, nexus. Yeah, but I'm, what you do basically is you just have a, a risk engine take over the account of the person getting liquidated, just send a market order. Oh, it's, get it's, it's get the risk engine that does it. It's not, it, that's interesting, okay. So risk engine doesn't really take a position. It, it sort of, you know, uh, takes control of the account and then uses that to send an order rebalancing or closing the position. And so the position ends up with whoever took the other side of that, you know, whoever had the offer out. But okay, now you just sent a market buy for, you know, your million dollar position, right? Your million dollars short. And that probably has some impact, right? But you're like somebody, you're, you're telling me that like somebody has to buy that position at like one million and one dollar or like, or less? Right, well, well, so really the answer is um, they're probably going to buy it with a little bit of money left in the account. And then some of it will go to an insurance fund or something like that. And so what happens actually is you look at the account, you're like, all right, in 1%, it goes bankrupt. Things move 50 bips. You're like, all right, in 50 bips, it moves bankrupt. I better close it down. And you better close it down because you can't let it go bankrupt. And you have to finish. Someone has to take it over with room to spare. So you just send a market order. Whatever price people get, they get, just like a normal trade. Then you look at the count. You're like, all right, it's got 10 bips left. It's just dollars now. 
close down the account, and then you take their $10 and put an insurance fund. That's what BitMEX does. And so it's sort of like the person gets whatever price they provided at, but the liquidation engine has to start selling in time that whatever that price is yeah. leaves the account, yeah. you know, non-negative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's or yeah. the insurance fund takes a hit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but sort of whatever happens to this insurance fund, or there's the question of the deltas, right? Who got short? And someone did. Like that customer isn't you're not anymore, you're liquidated. It's whoever provided. And that person, you know, they're probably gonna hedge, they're gonna whatever sell. Um, you know, one way or another that you're gonna have impact with the fact that you just uh, market bought a million dollars of Bitcoin. Uh, you're gonna probably drive Bitcoin's price up, which is also the direction it was just moving. But so why, now, like, uh, okay, so this is where, like, I, I think my, my gap is, is that, like, yep. why is the liquidation causing a purchase of a million dollars? Right, so the reason is that you, the person getting liquidated, were short in this yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. And, you know, there's sort of, comp, comp, like, conservation of positions. You're getting closed down. You're going to lose your short position because you can't support it anymore. It's not like it just sort of like, you know, disappears. It's got to go somewhere, right? Like, how do you get rid of that short? You get rid of that short by buying it back, basically, or the risk engine buys it back for you from someone. Okay, got it. So they, they basically have to reborrow, and to reborrow the, that's getting Bitcoin out of the market, like effectively taking a loss, yeah. right? And giving it to somebody to, to okay. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and the same on the other side, you know, markets going down, you're long, you get liquidated, you got to sell your Bitcoins, right? For dollars before you go bankrupt, you're now selling your Bitcoins to someone and that's going to have impact. The fact that you're selling off all, all of your Bitcoins. And so sort of either way, you do have impact when that happens and, um, all right, so you have impact and that, you know, if you take that, that second case drives the market down with your sale. Uh, so it's already going down and that triggered a liquidation. That liquidation triggered a sale. And that sale triggered it going down. And now you can start to see the, the fucked up shit that happens, right? It's okay. Now it's down another percent. And now Bob number two gets liquidated. And it just keeps going. And, <laughs> right? That's awesome. That and, that's so kind of awesome. the fucked up thing that can happen. And in fact, it does happen. And, uh, you know, if you want March 12th, when there's this kind of this giant, you know, giant collapse in, in Bitcoin price, you know, Bitcoin went down from like 9K to 6K. And that was sort of efficient, whatever that means. Like, whatever, bad COVID news, booze are, you know, stocks are down a lot. Yeah, sure, Bitcoin maybe goes down. Did seem like people thought it should be down some, but the selling ended around 6K. People were sort of like, all right, cool, it's down. The problem was, well, sorry, the intentional selling ended around 6K, but a lot of people were 3X long or 4X long or more, and Bitcoin is down 30%. So uh, now a lot of people are liquidated. And now comes the unintentional selling. And that last drop, that 6K to 4K drop, sort of our best guess is that was not intentional. That was liquidations. And that's, you know, a pretty big hit. To, to take from liquidations and the really screwy thing is like all right you know so when does it stop <laughs> right like well why didn't it go to, to zero why why didn't like and i guess this is a weird question an interesting question i don't think it's obvious what the answer is i mean i think sometimes the answer is like i don't know you know and, and in this, <laughs> oh, i mean in this case it, it got down to 3500 on bitmex and i don't know it still seems like there are liquidations um bitmex actually went down for maintenance at that point got ddosed and it was where all the liquidations were. There are no liquidations for, for an hour. Markets sort of recovered a thousand bucks. And then BitMEX came back online and didn't need to liquidate anyone anymore because prices were higher. I don't know. Maybe that's why it stopped. Did they like pull like a plug on this or like? It, right. I, I certainly wondered if that were true. In fact, I wondered aloud on, on Twitter. They were not happy about that. Um, <laughs> I, they, they sort of claimed vehemently that was not the case. And, and so I think I believe them. I think probably what they're saying is true. They did get DDoSed. But, you know, had that not happened, boy, it would have been an interesting, uh, interesting end to the day. So, yeah, I mean, like, man, so a, a DDoS of a decentralized platform is a lot harder to, uh, I don't know, I, I guess. Uh, so I, I assume I'm interested, how, how hard is it? I, I, I don't really know. It's actually both harder and easier. So the harder part is that, like, the validators provide kind of an absurd amount of bandwidth that you have to use to soak all of them or a good chunk of them yep so that's like a an advantage the disadvantage is that everything is open and decentralized and you can't right you can't have the secret security trick somewhere you can you can overlay them on top yeah right right yeah yeah some some folks already have done this with like in, in a lightweight called sentries um where they have kind of private peering connections and things like that but there's even 
more sophisticated methods where you get effectively private internet connections. I guess Bitcoin, some Bitcoin miners do this, but you, yep. you can set this overlay on top of the public network, the a high performance one. So like, I'm wondering if, if like the space takes off and like the real finance ends up kind of like diminishing and this open DeFi finance, like, are we going to end up with like these, like, I mean, both technology and this like sophisticated engines are going to run on a DeFi platform or is it still going to be in BitMEX? Do, do you think like it's actually possible to move this over? Like we're, it's I, a really I think good question. going to try this, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's a, certainly the goal of it. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, but if I had to bullshit, I, I think what I'd say is like, you know, like it's not, it's not binary. And I sort of think you can, can divide volume into a few buckets and some of them move and some of them won't. If given the opportunity, like, is Goldman getting to move his string to a DEX? Eh, I don't really think so. Not anytime soon. They're not like, you know, they're not really into like provable security. They're into like, you know, institutional relationships and shit. Like, you know, anonymous is the opposite of them. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think that's that's sort of like the most uh, likely, you know, source of volume. Um, and uh, HFT to HFT trades, I mean, I don't know, that's tough, right? Like, you need to get quite a bit faster than blockchains are, well, I mean, I don't know if you need to, but like you just hit speed of light constraints, right? Like yeah. you, you just hit this hard constraint that's like, you know, a factor of whatever, a million slower than what you do with, uh, with you know, FPGAs. And, and like, I, uh, you know, what, what, what you... We can build neutrino-based communication networks that go oh, through the boy. center of the earth. <laughs> how, how fast are neutrinos? Uh, like 0.99999 speed of light. But that, they're particles, so they can actually go through like, you can cut yeah. through the center of the earth. There's like a barely of a semblance of an experiment of somebody doing this from oh, like fucking awesome. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see like, you know, jump and tower exchanging their HFT flow indexes anytime soon. Um, but, uh, you know, what, what might you see there? Well, retail traders, I mean, you know, a half second of latency versus 50 milliseconds of latency, just, just not a big difference. Um, and, you know, market makers making markets retail, not a big difference. Uh, market makers will, will, will throw a fit if you give them a half second late latency. And part of that's because they're like, what the fuck, I'm getting run over. Like, nah, everyone has it. Like, I'm still getting it run over. And you're like, nah, you don't understand. Everyone has it. Um, and, and, you know, sort of if everyone has it, it's not clear we're going to get run over. But um, also, there's systems just like aren't designed for that. It's not even clear they wouldn't work for that. They just like, I don't have this like warning label at the top, like, throw a fit if latency gets over this. And yeah. they now think it's it's technologically important. The reason that's there is like someone realized you should always throw a fit. And this this is actually shitty. It's really fucking shitty. Yeah. But it's probably correct just always throw a fit, right? Like why not? Worst case that happens is you get nothing from it. And the best case is you learned that they had a super secret connection they weren't telling you about. So uh, something that affects a lot of people throw fits. And yeah, it's sort of like I don't know. They, they don't really lose to it directly. I think they do lose to it though. Like I don't know. It means they're not really the one we all work with. You know, it's like our customers for people aren't kind of, kind of grown when they see something in that channel. And, you know, I kind of wouldn't expect you to answer this quickly, but and whatever. Um, but, but anyway, you know, so, some, some, some of this isn't going to, you know, is, is, is not going to end up on, on DEXs. But, but yeah, you know, market maker to retail could, retail, retail certainly could. And, like, you know, part, very, of the, like, yeah. part, of, part of like the BitMEX thing is that like this risk engine is kind of secret, right? Like the, it's got its own kind of like, algorithm and it's run by like the people at bitmax could this actually work in a way in um, in any shape on an open platform where all the data is available to everybody everybody knows who's about to get liquidated it's a really interesting question and so i do have an opinion on it but i think actually like i actually think like that question is almost less interesting than the reason that that question gets asked because i think that that's just like what everyone would sort of say and, and and I think that like, you know, when when Ben Delo, the like, you know, CTO of Bitmax here said he just like groans and rolls his eyes and, and sort of like, you know, there is whatever. I was having a good hour, not anymore. Um and, and I sort of groan it groan as well. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, sorry, that 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 that's just that that's 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 how it's sort of portrayed. And and, and and I think the weird thing is like, I don't know, you think about this like, you know, super secret, sketchy risk engine shit. And I, I don't definitely want to say it's not going on, but like, 
it's like what risk engine does is like pretty straightforward in public um and and it's just like you, you there's some parameters you define you just do i don't know like fds risk engine like 99 percent of it is just like written out explicitly in, in a sundust document and like algorithmic precision i wasn't even thinking that the risk engine would be sketchy it's the fact that like you don't know whose positions and how much of them are actually oh i see right so, so there is this thing i see so you're talking about anonymous uh about like how how big is a liquidation for instance yeah yeah so that's the sort of thing like you you definitely don't want to reveal like customer information especially not like customer information that has like significant market impact especially not you know, unilaterally without asking them um, to a, a bunch of traders, right? Like, like you, you definitely have to avoid doing that, and that's super hard on blockchain. Um, and like at FTX, we like would never do that. You know, just like we actually do record if an order that has already ended, already been sent, was part of a liquidation. So you can tell if there's an ongoing liquidation, uh, but we don't give any information about like whose account it is or, or you know whether it's how how much is left or anything like that. Um, sort of the interesting thing is that Bitmax actually does. Bitmax tells you how big the locations are before they happen, which is pretty fucked up. I, I like I don't, I don't get why that's okay, but I, and a lot of people do that. Like literally, it's just like they put a little red underline under an order. Like this is a liquidation order. See so it's in the books, and it's available via API. People who scrape it. There's Twitter accounts who retweet it, and and, and like I I, don't know, I mean, it seems weird to me that. I mean, I guess, I guess if everybody knows that the liquidation is coming, when they just pile on the the just increase the volatility? Is that like their whole point is to <laughs> keep the boat rocking? <laughs> yes, so that is definitely the direction that I would guess that would have an effect in. Now, no, I, I think it's like, you know, not, uh, I don't think it's like obvious that's what the effect is. I think it's possible that the effect is at least in part that people, yeah, they'll, they'll buy it up a bit before, but then they'll make sure to have lots of size out to provide to it. And that actually they end up being fine execution. Like, I don't think it's trivially true that they get worse execution. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think my guess would be that it improves execution. I think my guess would be that it makes it worse. And, and it's a little weird, given that, that, that they sort of do it, um, except that retail loves it. Retail loves watching people get liquidated. It's sort of like a, <laughs> it's a little weird, but I mean, it, it's definitely true. I mean, like, I guess you like to, the, the, if the numbers are high enough, right? You're like, somebody just got destroyed. <laughs> Exactly. It's a narrative, you know, you got like heroes, villains, losers, winners. I don't know. It's, it's people love that shit. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's a little fucked up, but you know, so, so be it. We're, we're all a little fucked up in some ways. Is, is that like, I mean, like, I think a lot of that, like, is the reason for this, like yield farming meme is the, just the, the numbers are so large. Oh yeah. The numbers are gigantic, oh, but also the whole thing's so fuck like, the, how do the numbers get this big? It, they're they're absurd. Like the world's traveling two fucking million dollars a day of this shit on people for dicking around. It that's too much money. It's a ridiculously large amount of money. It's it's like it's sort of like a meme of an amount of money. And, and how do they have that much money to give? Because it becomes this this like little ain't bubble. It, it just has to be right. It's like you create a token worth nothing. Then you say it's worth something, so you can drop it on itself many times. People like oh my god, that's great. And you have to lock it up even better. Other people won't sell. And I just got all these tokens piling up in an ERC-20 address, and the market cap is skyrocketing, people are making all this yield. And of course, it's not, I mean, unless someone's going to buy all those tokens, not really long-term yield, sort of like mark-to-market yield. <laughs> this is the best kind, right? <laughs> the number go up. Oh, yeah. But of course, if, if no one else is selling and you sell, then, then it's real yield. You, know, you actually turn into dollars. So. Are, are people actually effective at ca- of doing that? Yeah, some are. It, it's a fucking pain, but you can do it. And it's it's a fucking pain, but it's pretty easy to, to figure out. It's not like you do like, I mean, it's whatever. It's like, oh, they're paying me to put my capital there. If I put my capital there, they'll pay me. Then I sell the thing they're paying me in. That's the trade. The interesting thing, and so there are two interesting things. So first, it seems like the equilibrium point is like still like 40% annualized APR, maybe 20 now. It's dropped a little bit over time. It's still not bad, like even after a month. But part of this also is you get this weird effect where Everyone starts running to get the yield and tweeting about it, and that drives up the price of the token. So now there's more yield. So now more people go to buy it, and because there's sort of more yield from it. And now, uh, you know, everyone's sort of going there, making a lot of noise. So I don't know, the project gets even more noise and goes up more. And, and it's still like, I don't know, spirals up out of control where, you know, the, the hype is creating hype, is creating 
mark to market fake internet money yield and that creates more hype and now you're back where you started and, and it's still like i don't know how many times can you double double from that a lot no one sells it's sort of like it's, i don't know it, it's it's weird that is like i think man this is like the story of crypto it's like the same thing happened with bitcoin yeah it is right like what is bitcoin like why why, why bitcoin and not like bitcoin prime with like you know slightly different like you know initializing conditions you know i think in some ways crypto is sort of a collective fiction that we're that we're writing you know it's like we're, we all we all decide that's a real bitcoin so we all believe it so we all value it so it's value so miners mine it so it's blockchain and, and we all sort of go along with that if we all woke up one day and our fiction changed like oh man we're so wrong it's it's this other chain you're not a believer in like uh, true objectivity like strong objectivity the thing is like so it's objectivity of what exactly right like objectivity of like you know this is a pretzel sure objectivity of this is the best pretzel i don't know, I don't know what that means there's like the the whole like idea that like we're taking electricity entropy right and pushing it into this number and that number is like unique because it took this much big pile of energy to compute oh yeah it. but Every so 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 our other numbers are also unique. So why, why don't you use those? You know, because those didn't take a big pile of energy to compute. Okay, so you're saying like you know the the more entropy the better. Yeah, so this is like you can think of it as like a, a giant digital work of art, right? Like I like carved a big thing in the mountain, right? Like Mount Rushmore. So I hear. I mean, I mean, sort of like literally in line with proof of work. Um, uh, what's this mean? Sort of like proof of stake land. That, that's the thing. It's just like it's we're like, well, screw that. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's like too harsh. It's too yeah. hard, too slow. We don't we don't need any of it. Somebody already built it. We're not going to build it again. <laughs> What's the point of two of them? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's yeah. I, this stuff's also so powerful and so arbitrary, and that that's a fucking weird combo. And I think like one cool thing, just like each receives classic, right? Like you know which of those is real and i think that's a cool case of like everyone would say like this is what's real it's the longest blockchain that's valid and everyone sort of said that and said that and said that then something really bad happened and it was like all right let's get together guys what do yeah. we believe Everyone sort of sat down for a bit and closed their eyes and like i see this blockchain and i don't see that blockchain and it was like i also see that blockchain and everyone just sort of agrees you know and they're like all right that's the blockchain fuck that one Except for some mysterious people who, I guess, were for some, you know, undiscernible reason, very incentivized for ETH Classic to, you know, to to win. But, um, uh, but but yeah, no, I mean, you, what, what's a fork? It's just like people, people's collective fictions diverge. Their their plots become so disjointed that you need two different stories. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's like the the reason why, like. I don't know. I mean, like in, in that particular case now, the real Ethereum is the one that Tether accepts to convert to dollars. Well, you think, but okay, but uh, ugh, watch out because uh, if, uh, if if Merlin hears you saying that, he's, he's going to put on ETH Classic just to spite you. And now, now you're going to have a real dilemma. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll do that. But no, yeah. I don't think. I, I think ETH Classic, it's. I don't get the sense that its best days are ahead of its. But like um, proof of work coins, they never die. They once they start running, there's somebody somewhere mining these things. Right, and I guess like they're spending so much money on it that like people think, oh come on, it's got to be worth something. Look, look at how much this guy's spending to mine it. Like, you see, me, you, you think I get this for ten dollars? Obviously not. It's like, worth at least twenty in what he's yeah. paying for it. I mean, Elon could tweet it on accident, right? Right, exactly. It's like you know, at some point. Right, like every coin's got to be worth something. It's just the Elon tweet percentage. It's uh, it, one sort of like, I mean, I, I would nev never do this, but sort of like at some point when you see like stupid enough projects, like we all sort of sit back and like, oh, God damn it. Like we just do, do the ERC20 thing, which basically means like, I don't know, like some of these things, there's just no companies. It's like not even sort of a company. And the token is like, you know, it'll get bought at 3 million market cap because like, everything's worth more than that, you know, driven up to 10. And we're sort of like, all right, fine. That, that's really what you think. Why do we have a lot of ERC twenty tokens for you? And, and like, yeah, you know, well, just start making a lot of chains. You know, pass them out to people. Say, hey, here's your chain. Tell whatever story you'd like. <laughs> Keep half the tokens. I'll take the other half. Um, and uh, you can thank me later for this idea. 
And, you know, it's like all of a sudden they go around selling whatever the shit coin is. And I don't know. It's got to be with something, right? Like, it's, this, guy's, this guy's really chilling hard. Can't be with nothing. Where does it end? Or, like, does it ever end? I mean, I think it's one of these things where, like, you can only make so much money. Well, I don't know if that's really true, but, like, there's a limit to how much money you can usually make doing this just because, you know, there's so much, only so much money the world's able and willing to incinerate. Sort of like. Do you guys track, like, the flows of real fiat in and out of crypto? Sort of. When it's important, we, we sort of do. I and mean, you, you can look at, like, premiums on exchanges to get a sense of it. And sometimes it's very, very strong and powerful. Usually it's pretty weak. Um, usually the vast majority of volume is not fiat inflows and outflows. It's stuff staying within crypto. But you'll sometimes see a case where it's very strong. And, and that, that, that's sort of interesting. And you saw with Japan and Korea, obviously, in, like, you know, late 2017, early 2018. And you know China before that, but, but I, and and maybe sometimes it was China with RMB, but the truth is the volumes are actually pretty small. I mean, China trades a ton, but it's mostly tether. It's mostly not fiat. If stuff is just within crypto, then like, what does it matter if it's just like? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question, right? Why why the number go up? You know, we all we all exchange assets with each other. Like, great, Bitcoin's worth more now. The next day, like people swap some more assets. Like, oh god, Bitcoin's down a lot. Right, right. It's a sort of this weird question, right? If like what. What do you mean it's up a lot? Like it's the same people, same collection of stuff. You just like, re, you know, resorted it between yourselves, and, that, and now you're all declaring it to be better. You know what happened to make it better? You know it's like well Bob bought. Wait no Bob and Joe exchanged coins. Who's if there's a buyer? There's a seller. There has to be like what, what do you mean there's a buyer? Of course there's a buyer. It's also a seller. And like no nah, he's a buyer. He just Bob's just a liquidity buyer. And like I don't know if Bob Joe's just a seller and he's just like. And it's like a really weird question, right? Like, what, what's it mean to be a buyer and a seller? Uh, there always is. You know, why, why do things get out, go up when people buy? They, someone else has sold. And, and really, really, the answer sort of is like, well, the new information when someone is a buyer. That seller is already there on the order book, and then a buyer comes in and buys. And Thor's like, oh, shit. Look at that. We're off. Uh, time to adjust our fare. So, so there is something real there. Um, and, and, and really, what this means is like the auction price of Bitcoin went up. But again, that, that's just sort of like our collective but, fiction decided it's worth more, you know. But relative to like, Another cryptocurrency, which is tether. Oh, like, right. Well, you have the stable coins, and that's a key thing. Where is this all bottom out? Well, sorry, you have two things. You have oracles to Coinbase, and you have stable coins. And those are both sort of dollars. And so, yes, they're all staying within the crypto ecosystem, but you could theoretically take them out. Um, and you could do it at, at you know, basically a dollar, so it sort of like gives a price to trades. It's a little weird. I, it's definitely a little weird if people aren't actually taking it out. Yeah. Because, I mean, like the... If nothing's moving around, it's kind of, a, I mean, there has to be some inflows for the overall market to grow, right? Well, what do you mean by grow, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, it's like, as someone who's, who's currently, you know, doing a, a token pre-sale, like, I don't know, you choose a price. You're like, oh, no, never mind. Higher price. Just grow? Is that, is that adoption? Am I there yet? <laughs> I, I like, I don't know, I used to poorly trade with small amounts like Forex, like, because... Right, no, of course, it's like, because yeah. Because you get, like, absurd, like, leverage. Exactly, it's, like, so much better than scratchers. Right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, the, within, like, an economy, right, it's kind of a fixed system, and all you're kind of looking at is, is somebody buying a big pile of one thing and selling a big pile of another thing. Yeah, no, it's super weird. And derivatives make sense, right? You just crack it out for the thing underneath and ignore all this buying and selling bullshit. But, right. but okay, I mean, what are the derivatives on? Like, it all bombs out somewhere. I mean, fiat currency are fucking weird too, right? Like, what what, what should Japanese yen be worth? You know, is it worth Japan? Does that, does that matter? Why 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 should that be the case? Like, it's not like Japan makes. It's not like when Japanese people make a TV, it's a TV built out of yen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a TV. You can sell it for any currency, right? Like, how does that set the price of yen? And whatever. You come up with a lot of, like, stupid arguments that, that add something. But here's a fucked up one. This is, like, a, a, a real brain twister. And, I mean, it's not mathematically that interesting. But 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 it's sort of, like, I think philosophically super interesting. So here's sort of, like, when, when you think about, about Forex pairs, right? And you're trading two of them against each other. And you have, like, any pairs in any direction, right? And all it is is swap. You know, between two currencies aside on each side and you sort of like, you know, divide it either way. Um and uh uh and you know that that's uh that's that's pretty fine. Um but uh but you have this nonlinearity, 
you know, like x over y and y over x are not like linear in each other. Right. And their derivatives are kind of locally linear-ish, but they're not globally linear, obviously, right? Um, and you often sort of kind of think maybe they are, or or at least assume they are. There's a lot of places where you sort of like sweep this under the rug. Um, but but it, but it's in fact like, uh, and it's sort of like this the two envelopes problem, right? Of like, you, you know, the 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 two envelopes problem of like, uh, you know, there's a uh, two envelopes here. One of them has ten times as much as the other. Here's envelope one, zero is. Do you want to trade it for envelope number two? No, you cannot look at either of them. Of course, the answer is two cares, but they're the same. But but, but like, okay, well, what's the EV of envelope number two? Well, it's a half of a tenth plus half of ten x, which is five point. Oh boy, that's yeah. more than one, right? Yeah. And for but you, you don't want to switch back and forth. That make no sense. But all of a sudden, you're kind of stuck. Like, what the fuck's going on there? And I don't think there's like a super satisfying answer to it. And I think really the answer is like, okay, it's like unbounded. They both have infinity EV unless you put bounds on it. If you bounce on it, all of a sudden like the math works out, although it's actually quite ugly. So, okay, you, you can resolve that one. It's actually kind of actually well-defined sort of, if you define it, then, then it would be well-defined. But 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 you, you get into to kind of Forex trading um, and, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's like, you know, how much should currencies be moving? It's not like a, I don't know what should means, right? It's sort of like a, but when we make all these assumptions about them, you know, sort of doing nice things against each other. But, but, but you know, like I, if you say like, how much should this Forex pair have moved? So depending on which way you quote it, you get like different numbers. They're not the negatives of each other. It's like the second order effects start kicking in. Is, and, that like and, a, and, is that like a reasonable model for crypto? I'm like thinking about like, why is like ETH worth X and Bitcoin worth Y? I mean, I don't know. They, they feel sort of similarly ambiguous to me. You know, they're similar in that I, who the fuck knows, and you kind of bullshit about it, right? You're like, okay, clearly, I I don't know why, but obviously, if Japan's worth more as a country, Japanese yen's worth more. Like, you can't tell me that's not true, right? And like, I, I why is it? I mean, I'm sure there's something, right? Like, if if Japan like has a terrible year, does anyone want yen anymore? Nah, I mean, you know, I don't know why it's worthless, but you know, <laughs> it's got Japan in the fucking name. Obviously, come on, give me give me a break there, right? It's got to be bad for it. They're going to have the Olympics. It's got to be worth more, right? Like, I don't know. It's marketing. Think about think about Wi-Fi, right? The sort of everyone's favorite current bizarro currency. The first thing it did is it every day it hyperinflated. And it phrased that that's what happened, right? You hold Wi-Fi and you drop another like 10% or something ridiculous like that of Wi-Fi on top of it. 1% today. They drop another 1% of Wi-Fi, right? And people are like, oh my God, this is adding so much value to the coin. Everyone's buying it and locking it up in order to uh, get these airdrops. And so, uh, and it's this amazing yield, so everyone has to buy it. So it's gonna go way up in price, right? Okay, I mean, sure, it's, it's a little weird. I don't know where the value is coming from in the first place and it's sort of hyperinflation should just be redenominating, but okay. And then a few days later, it's like, holy shit, great news for Wi-Fi, the airdrops are ending. That means that the, the selling pressure is gonna end because there's no longer free airdrops people are selling. And like, okay, I see where that's coming from, but isn't this going back to the first state? And you kind of claimed that the first step was bullish, and the second step was bullish, but also you ended up back in the first place. So <laughs> I don't know what, what, what's going on there, but they definitely we're both supposed to be bullish. Like the sort of crypto Twitter is unambiguous that they're both good events for Wi-Fi, both implementing hyperinflation and then also getting rid of it later. I, I don't know. It's, it's all like it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how else to describe it besides that. Like, it's crazy, yeah. right? <laughs> it's crazy. Here's, here's, the, here's a really cool Forex thing. You ready for this shit? Pick two currencies that you think are, like, about equally good. Pick, like, uh, you know, two sort of generic-ish currencies, whatever they are. Like crypto or, like... Fiat? Nah, uh, fiat. Like euro and dollars seem like the same, exact same thing. Cool. So, you got like, let's look at your USD, right? So euros in dollars, it's like, what, a buck ten or something. So do you think this is like, what do you think is the performance of this euro USD pair, right? When you start thinking about this, do you think it's positive EV or like zero EV? Like you can go up in expectation. I guess based on like US like sentiment, I would say the dollar should get weaker because things are just right. the sucking Let's say that you had no idea of recent news, just nothing. You have no yeah. idea. Then, then what would you say is sort of the expectation of this thing, of your USC? Like, I think you probably say zero, right? Like, yeah, zero. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Okay, now how about USC Euro? What's the expected value of that thing? 
same. Shouldn't it be the yeah, same? Yeah, zero, right? right? Yeah. All right. So now let's say that you've got a, you know, you're treating sort of zero as having some like probability distribution, zero mean, whatever makes the Gaussian center around zero, right? Of like what its moves are going to be. And sure, you put that above, above dollars and um, correct, that's zero. Now, abs, when you invert this, you put dollars above it, let's get this one divided by this Gaussian. That's not zero. You got second order effect here. And one over a half plus one over 1.5 over two does not equal one. Quite a bit bigger. Yeah, yep. That, that, that's a little weird. Somehow we decided that euro USD was zero EV and USD euro was positive EV. That seems wrong, right? If you're saying that euro and USD are worth going to be worth the same in expectation or move the same in expectation, then somehow also USD is moving more than euro. And, you know, what's going on here is pretty, and it's a little subtle and, and, and tricky. It's obviously, you know, these aren't infinitesimal moves. You get nonlinear effects. And and in particular, sort of like making an arbitrary decision by saying that like Euro USD is a zero mean Gaussian and you know, Euro is in USD instead of USD being in Euro, you get the opposite effect the other way. And, and in fact, sort of maybe they both have some volatility, you get some unknown thing. You can compose those and you get what you think the real probability distribution is and it's still wonky and fucked up. You know, it's, it's not just like, and see, it's not like it's unresolvable, but but it sort of breaks down your your sense of like how things move against each other that like, you know, oh man, this could totally moon. So could not this, thus everything goes up. Right. Okay. That, that's that's interesting. Um, are people basically just trading in momentum for this stuff? Yeah. So it, everyone does different things. And like in particular, like, you know, you said like, do people just trade momentum? What is an example of a trade that another sort of trade that people sometimes do? They sometimes do these sort of like range bound shit, right? You know, it's like. Ah, uh, yeah, it's hitting this this resistance level at, at seventeen hundred. So, uh, but that that's mean reversion. But they also definitely do momentum. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. They, they draw stuff, right? Like they <laughs> yeah, believe in momentum and also mean reversion. Why not? At the same time, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, of course, the actual answer is I don't know. It depends on what the effect causing it is. But why do people not like actually dig into that? You know, they sort of like are pretty arbitrary. And yeah, sort of like make up, you know, each time whether they think it's a momentum world or a mean reversion world, kind of depending on, I don't know. Does like when I tried trading, I was always like trying to like do it that computer science way, right? And like build like AI and software models and try to mine the data. And I kind of knew that it was bullshit. <laughs> like, like there's there's some whatever information is there, somebody already mined it out, basically effectively like got it out. Is that still are, are those ARPs still there in crypto? Like is there still like enough So basically you have to think that you're better than the market for some reason. The market's not very good, but neither are you ever everything is terrible sort of like relative <laughs> to what 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 it should be. Um so, okay, are you better than the market? I don't know. If you're like an expert in this shit, yeah, you can probably beat the market at something. If you like had this idea that maybe there's momentum, I, I don't think you're the first one to try that. And, and, and so right now, sort of the answer is like, it's you can't just like turn on the computer to do the math thing and then you make money. You know, often it's like you got some intuition. Like, I think it's going to go up because of this effect. Let me now do this study of previous instances of that effect to see if it went up. So it's a pretty targeted use of the computer. Or you can do the super general, like, let's just make a neural net and see what happens. And that's sort of like always three years away from making money. You know, everyone always thinks it's almost there. And it will get there someday. I don't know when. Well, I do know it's in three years. <laughs> I was working on that three years ago, man. <laughs> do you want to talk about Serum at all? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, I, I think it's pretty fucking cool. I, I, I mean, so, so do I. It's going to like blow away, I think, the space in, in, in like many different ways. I'm really hoping so, because I, I do think it's just sort of like, you know, it's it, it's not like it's sort of the only thing that matters, and, and it's going to be like, you know, everyone decides it's better than everything else for everything, but it's, I think for like a, a pretty significant fraction of uses of the space, it's going to be better than more or less everything. I mean, and it's just like, if you care about like performance or speed or not waiting forever or not paying a lot of money, it's things a lot of people care about, it's like not really many good things built on that in DeFi right now. It's a little yeah. weird. Sort of seems like the obvious thing to try and do, but but haven't really been. And and, and yeah, I sort of think if if we do a good job, I'm hopeful that we do. That like 
for you know, I don't know, half of all uses of DeFi, it's just like the best by a pretty big margin. Um, and that'd be pretty fucking awesome. I mean, I, I think a subtle but like significant thing that it fixes is this like idea that if you have on-chain liquidity, you actually have much more secure like drivers for oracles and price fees. Like a lot of the yeah. stuff is like so broken in Ethereum. One because of the performance, just you can't get the prices in there because the can't. <laughs> oh, sure. like, yeah, exactly. But it, like because you can't like even get the prices or the trades in there, you can't like actually have enough information in the state to do the right thing. But that to me is like a, a very like weird model and crypto twitter is yeah. just full of maximalists that are like just defending it to their death right <laughs> yeah i know I, I i totally feel you and, and, and right so i think that's like i you know yeah like you, you sort of like have all this like weird shit because you can't do anything performant but if you do things performant, you, you, and that, that that that's the thing that i sort of don't get the most about about this this feud is like there, there, there's like a lot of good arguments you can make. I, I don't know if I agree with them, but you can make them. But why you build on ETH no matter what, you know, you're just like, look, I understand that Solana has a lot of benefits or, or you know, Avalanche or wh whatever your sort of favorite newfangled chain is, but that's not what I care about. I understand it matters. It doesn't matter that much for me. And I care enormously about this particular aspect of security. And I understand that's not what a lot of people care about. You know, th that argument, I, I totally understand. Um, and I, I also understand the argument, look, it sucks, but it's where everything is. So we should stay there because it's where everything is, and we're not going to rebuild it. It's just not going to work. And again, not sure I agree that's the right decision, but, you know, sure. The the thing I don't really get is saying, well, some people say speed doesn't matter for anyone, but but not that many. I think it's sort of like a little bit. But the thing I don't get is like the sort of like constant challenging of like, oh, it's not actually going to be faster. And maybe you can shed some light on this for me because I just like haven't really been able to figure out what's going on with those. Because as I understand, that's just like not that hard First of all, your prior would be there are faster things. Also, you can sort of, and you can, you can sort of test it. Right. right. Yeah. It's like, I don't, yeah, it's sort of like there are faster things. And like, you already wrote programs that just do more than the whole ETH network. Like, it's sort of just like definitely true, right? Yep. I mean, like, there's, there's a lot of design decisions that they made that made it kind of slow by definition. Yeah. And so people are like, oh, yeah, it's faster now. But once people use it, it's going to be faster. And, and sort of like, look, I, I can't predict the future necessarily but like what the fuck are your priors on this thing like it's sort of like it's designed with speed in mind ETH is way older and wasn't also current tests have this thing 10,000 times faster for like more load than you know way more load than than the network can take like like what's your best guess about what's going to happen when you slightly change the use case of this like which, which you think is going to be like i don't know i i gotta guess yeah i like i i don't know if <laughs> i think people are like on the ETH side, I think they're just like, you know, people get defensive about their team losing, right? Or their team, uh, or like another team doing better. It's yeah. kind of rival, which is fine. You know, honestly, like it's, I, I, who cares, right? We're, we're fighting with words about tech, <laughs> about open source tech. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, like, you know, whatever I say, like, I can be like, look, this is like the best thing that's happened to crypto and it's made all this money. And like all the other chains haven't. So fuck you. I don't know what I say about that. Yeah, you're right. You know, did great things for crypto and it's outcompeted the other ones. Maybe that just means you're right. I mean, whatever. I'm sitting here talking about speed. You're just saying we won. I think it's kind of like uh, interesting to think of like ETH as like, like again, like, right, you had Bitcoin, which is this like thing that had the store value meme and Ethereum had this like meme, but now we're getting like, so many other things being built that maybe the memes are not having as much impact as like we need like a real problem solved for the specific use case and that use case has like people users that want to use it <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know I, I, I don't know if like my ultimately i think like when we kind of cross this bridge of going away from proof of work and this idea that store value isn't even there like the only thing that's left is actually getting users and you're kind of back in like, in, in like building like a startup with like, I need oh, to yeah. product market fit. I need users. <laughs> and, and this is not, I mean, I've, I've been in this, I mean, like thinking last year with FTX and sort of looking like, Oh my God, like you look at some towers, like these people are such shit, like lost 300 fucking million dollars to a dysfunctional liquidation engine last year, slowly bleeding out a million dollars a day over a year before fixing it. Like that, that's just like un, unforgivably bad. And then you're 
like how can they have customers? And the answer is they made like an unbelievably good product decision, and that was launching the product in 2013. Yeah. And like, okay, yeah, well done, you win. Yeah. You know, I gonna be playing catch up for the rest of my life. Um, and I'm ho hopefully not, but like you know, realistically, it's, it's gonna take some time. And, and and there's sort of that thing again of like you know, all right, they're first, they got a lot, and that that doesn't mean that things won't change, but it it matters, and it, it's it's a lot of work to to do it, and it's it's you know, you don't just have to be okay. You don't just have to be like better. You have to be like so much better that people are gonna bother caring and switching. And again, I'm not not saying you can't. Just that, like yeah, a hundred percent. But like I, I think the story is, usually goes is that like the teams that come a little later are hungrier, you know, and like more focused and <laughs> and have like a particular drive right. that they're trying to achieve. So I, I think that there's like one twist that I would give to that. Which is that, like, I'm not sure that the later teams have more drive. I think there's there's a little bit of a, a sort of selection of availability bias there, which which is that like, with the teams that came later, the ones who are kind of also lazy, like, definitely don't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, you're late to the game yeah, yeah, yeah. and didn't bother trying hard. Like, like yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you select for the people who are late to the game and did well, like, they must have something else, you yeah. know, going for them to compensate. That's true. Um, I think we, we see that a lot. Like, I, I think that like many people don't understand how many recently launched already dead exchanges there are in crypto. You just never hear about them, but it's like these graveyards full of them. And you still watch them launch from Friday, like, that's going to fail. Another one's like, definitely going to fail. And they're like, oh, kind of interesting. Oh, boy, they did that dead. And and it's just like. what what are What's like a typical Achilles heel for like a, a new exchange? Oh, there's so there's one success gets everyone. They try and start a a United States crypto derivatives exchange, and it's not something the CFTC allows right now. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. They're kind of sitting there like, all right, we're ready to go, boys. <laughs> Sit there for two years, burn their VC money, and go out of business before they can launch. So okay, that that's not a great decision. Um, uh, or you can go globally and be like, I got my exchange. It's live. And you exchange assets on it. They're like we have access to like twelve exchanges that have put like millions or billions of dollars into their product you built a matching engine why right. are people going to switch to yours you know and they're like mine has three billion tps and and it's just like look honestly if you had some enough else going for you maybe people would believe that but like no one's no no one's gonna fall for that it's like you'll you'll get one dupe to investing in that that that's pretty much it like that that thing does not have three billion tps or if it does you're, you're fine transaction as in like you know you know light moving one plank distance in the computer running this thing. Would that matter in an exchange if it hit like some absurd threshold of speed? It's it's not totally irrelevant, but it's not a huge deal. Um, you know, I, I think our sense is like if difference between like poor and amazing performance, like a factor of you know 1.6 or something, and how well your exchange is. I'm making that up. That, that's like my best. It's not irrelevant. Like it, it's a thing, but 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 by the time you get down to like 15 milliseconds of latency, you know, cutting that down to one millisecond. It's sort of it's already at, at sort of a, an economically irrelevant time scale. Like it's not like you're missing news events in those fifty milliseconds. Um, and, and so it's all sort of a market dynamics thing, which matters, but it's not. It, it, yeah, it is sort of like a, a a factor, but not a huge one. And uh, it's also quite tricky. I mean, you guys are aware of that. And you know, I think you can imagine that, like, if if instead of starting where where you started, you started with a blockchain that was like. 100 times as fast Solana. And then you're like, all right, are we going to focus on speed for V2 of this to make it even faster? I think it becomes a lot less compelling. You know, at some point you're just like, all right, it's really, it's, it's pretty fast. Like, let, let's, let, let's, let's make takes take and see if anyone needs it to be faster than it is. Yeah, I mean, Amdell's law, right? At some point, improvements don't matter. Um, yeah, I think it's basically right. And, you know, interestingly, I, I think we've, we've come up with a lot of very strong opinions that, that are kind of, weird and stupid but but very important from this process and like one example is like people sometimes don't care about the answer so much they care about the communication they want to it to have been communicated clearly and unambiguously and obviously and then whatever it is it is and it, it makes some sense you know it's like look we want to make sure we're not being duped we want to make sure we know if something weird's going on and we want to make sure someone else doesn't get better deal than us because then they'll outcompete us and so we just want to make sure we're doing the best, whatever that happens to be. And that's sort of like the efficient version of it. So there's the other version too, where everyone knows something is true. But if you don't like 
have a blurry enough warning through them, like, gotcha, I didn't see a warning. And, and, and you know, and, and they lose money and they get pissed. But if you put a really loud warning and they're smart, like, that warning was big. That's definitely my fault. That other warning, smaller, I ain't gonna get them for it, you know? And, and, and it's like kind of silly, but it's really true. You know, like the bigger we make warnings, the less people complain about things where it's just them doing a bad trade. Um, because they just sort of feel like we check that box. Uh, we check the, you, yeah, <laughs> yep. We, you, you know, we, they remember to put that in. I can't complain anymore. You know, um, that's ah, fuck. They got me. Um, and uh, shit like that really matters. And it's the same thing with latency, right? Like, you know, someone will throw a fit about an extra three milliseconds of latency beyond what our document claimed it was. And we're like, we gave sort of an average. It said like about, you know, this is like a three percent difference. And they're like, oh, does that mean someone else was three percent better? Like, there's jitter in the network. I don't know. It's the same, same setup. Like, like, is it exactly the same? We're like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like this maybe different processors in a computer. Killer. It's like, and, right. But then on the other hand, someone, you know, you had like 45 milliseconds of latency onto someone's connection, but you disclose it. You're like, if you click this button, yeah, it's 45 milliseconds of latency. Like, do you have to click this button? Yeah, you have to click that button. So you click it, and that's 45, and they're fine, right? Because like, yeah, I don't know. yeah, of course, it's what. 45, I click the 45 button. That makes sense. Thank right? And you're like, wait, but why why did you complain about the three? It's, why aren't you telling me that, that you shouldn't click the button? <laughs> and they're like, well, you, you got to click the button, right? You said you click the button. So, so it's just sort of this like, you know, did you play this game right Right thing, which, which is a little weird, but um, people are really into it. And, and, and uh, you know, we try and make our products designed such that they at least don't sort of fail to other people's games, you know, but I... Uh, Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes there's a lot of weird constraints going on there. Man, that's a good perspective. I, I think, like, especially with, with regards to money and, like, trying to give people some idea what they're doing in this, like, in, like, a super high margin environment. I mean, I think we're kind of over time, and this has been, like, a awesome, fantastic conversation. This is probably going to be, like, our biggest podcast. So, like, I'm I wanna, excited. I wanna, yeah, I want to thank you for coming on and, like, kind of geeking out with me and I'm, all Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Yeah, this is fun. Cool.